I think that's the first time we ever used a Shawshank reference in the montage of a... <laughs> it's really surprising considering <laughs> your um, undying love for that movie. It the is, fact that it's on pretty much every night on uh, on cable or if you, you want to find it. If you haven't seen a minute of Shawshank, you don't own any television at all. <laughs> right? That's a good point. I mean, it's literally on... At the residuals on that, uh, Tim Robbins must be the wealthiest man in Hollywood. Uh, and Morgan Freeman's probably doing okay, too. It's amazing, though, that certain movies keep on recycling like that, but then I guess it's almost like your classic rock station. Like, why do they always forget about some great hits, but they keep playing the <laughs> same 500 songs over and over Let again? Me, here's a good point. <laughs> just, you just triggered my mind for a great uh, test club question today. What is the musical equi- what is the musical song equivalent of the movie Shawshank? Well, that's a good. <laughs> what song has yeah, been played? It might played? be Stairway to Heaven, I guess. Do you uh, think maybe what thing. is the musical Most equivalent requested. of the Sweet of the Emotion? Movie? Yeah. Cuz Shawshank by far and away tops the most played movie I think on as Brad Forrest said. Forrest Gump's close behind. It probably is. Um but what is the musical equivalent musical. to the movie Shawshank? Yeah. Uh, uh, of uh Recording classic rock. Yes. To- Stairway to Heaven. Classic movies. Stairway to Heaven is cheap tricks. I want you to want me. <laughs> <laughs> that was played a lot. That's played so played much. a lot. They played uh, stations have, have played uh, Stairway to Heaven so much during a time where it almost got me to not like the song Stairway. It played oh, yeah. so much it almost turned me on the I have song. A, a laundry list of songs like that. But that, yeah, for sure. Oh man, alive. Which is a shame because I mean. A lot of good songs, but... Uh, so we'll throw that out the test. I'm coming for the Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio. It is a uh, Tuesday edition. No, it's Wednesday. Sorry, Wednesday. <laughs> oh, I messed up this week, too, Doesn't for some feel reason. Odd? Yeah. It's a Wednesday edition today. I do have this, and, and feel, normally we have a no Google rule, because we, we, well, like, again, we're not going to, you know, come out and put you in detention. <laughs> but, but this one I'll Police. allow you to Google, because I just tried, and I couldn't find it, which means uh, my, I must be way off on my thinking today. But you heard on that highlight last night the one three, you know, six three or one three four three six mm-hmm. two three put out. And I was curious, and I really am, what is the longest um numerical by position put out ever recorded Ooh, in baseball yeah. history? And I, oh, I man. even to think how to Google that this is why the youth of our generation, this is why I was telling my daughters this like you know, you don't need to. It's tough because our generation, you have to think and try to know, or you look at an atlas and all that. Mm-hmm. The youth of today, then, and Brad, your daughter, they have to learn how to think to research information, you know? Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't even, I just try to Google that. I'm like, I don't even know how to Google. <laughs> I don't know what words <laughs> to use to Google that question to find that answer. But I, what would you, off the top of your heads, what do you think the longest is? So that was one, oh, man. three, four, three, six, two, three. It was like a seven, seven toss. Do you think seven's got to be in the neighborhood? Uh, doesn't you would it? think so. That's a long put out. I mean, I think the only thing you would have is if like a guy hit something and then like the second baseman overthrew first, and then they had just a comedy of errors, and right? Like a circus for, for a guy, clown then they car. got him out at home, right? I mean, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, seven is pretty. Pretty crazy. I was telling this to That's a long, I was yeah. saying this on KFJO today. You know, Sunday saw two inside the park home runs like in half inning apart. I thought, wow, this is what's great about baseball. Yeah, right. Anything can happen. And then yesterday you saw a seven toss put out in a game, and that can't be two. Brad, you call it two triple plays in a game. I right? have. You know, I'm that, that's think, an odd, but boy, I 
seven seems to be long. And that's about as long as I can recall. Like the Sandlot, Benny the Jet was only mm-hmm. in it for like three throws, right? And then he scored. Because right. you figure by that point, they're either going to botch it. Right, or you're running out of you're running out of room to, uh, to, to on the base pass. I mean, Derek's right. There, there must have been something out there that maybe threw an overthrow, like a one overthrew three, overthrew four, like and then got yeah. a hot box, and then it was four, five, you know, to a four, and then maybe overthrown, then to a two, to a I don't know. But again, baseball's been around just a short time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we so. do have uh, we do have, as far as overplayed songs. Oh yeah, what's the Shawshank Redemption uh, equivalent? Yes. Uh, another brick in the wall, Pink Floyd. Yeah, that was played quite a bit during. Yeah, yeah. certainly during I Jack's heard era. That, yeah, I haven't heard that as much like in no. the last five years. More than a feeling. Oh, that's, that's yeah. A, yeah that's, that's, a, that's, that was, that's that was that's played from Boston. Oh, gosh, and yes. I can't believe I didn't. This didn't uh, come into front of mind. Don't stop believing by Journey. That yeah. certainly could be in the. Um, it's a good call. To a point where you hear it. Do you not listen to it? That's the sad part about some of the songs. You know, Mickey was played a lot, but I don't hear. I haven't heard that much as See, much anymore. One of my favorite bands, classic rock bands, was the Eagles, but I've heard them so much. Oh. That, Hotel California, by the way. Yeah, like Take It Easy, and it's just like sometimes, yeah. like I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't. Well, yeah. I, mean, I still listen, but I can't listen as much. I think some of the top ACs, DC songs, like You Shook Me yeah. On Light Long, may have, yeah. which I love, but yet. Right now, you know what song is circulating that that is, uh, and I, I'm always a little late on some of the newer stuff, and this, I think, is a country song. It's about last night. This is Morgan, our last. Morgan Wallen. Morgan, Wall- Morgan Wallen. Wallen. Yeah. Yeah, have you heard this you know, last night? That, I, do, that, I, do, I, do, I, I do like that song. I do, too. too. I caught him with, this is a catchy song, and then yeah. 20-something, it works, goes, pfft played every minute i'm like not to me i just heard it yeah, for the it's first on, time it's on country and actually you can hear it on top 40 too so that 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 has the potential to be a uh the shawshank redemption of the musical equivalent being <laughs> well, played all the uh, time free bird and layla well, that's pretty Ooh, good those are yeah yeah Tough to i'm see. talking I'm, i would imagine the Derek and the dominoes version of layla yes yeah. okay the uh twins lost yesterday that's why we've <laughs> kind of skirted out Starting to talk about that. That was, uh, and then, and uh, kind of running out of things to say. Rocco's uh, now's to a point where I'm just waiting for Rocco's post game comments because he literally, you can hear in his voice, everybody's tired. It's not fun to what have they lost five or six, and it's, it's yes. And yesterday was over, kind of relatively. I, I didn't catch all of it. They I was have just not. At the, I'm trying to think when they well the Saturday game they shut out the Tigers. They had a brief lead Friday. Kirilov had a home run, but the lead lasted about a half an inning. Really, since Thursday when they had the uh, the big lead early, when Solano hit the thing, when Solano hit the home run, it was yeah. four to one. They have been chasing the scoreboard, boy. Pretty much, with the exception of Saturday, they've been chasing the scoreboard every night except briefly on Monday. They tied the game. And, and if you're chasing runs, it is so defeating, especially when you're in that funk of not winning games and you start out and once again, that has to be, they, they, here we go, we got to start making them. You know, when Vasquez hit a three-run home run the other day to tie it, like we talked with Dick, Eric, I thought, okay, here we go. They've got back to square one now. Let's take off and immediately squashed right. by Verdugo's three-run triple. Um Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes road trips help, but sometimes road trips push you even further into a, and they've got a big one coming up after two more with Boston. So I, I don't know. We'll see where we are, I guess. Huh? Yeah, Atlanta's not going to be easier oh. by any means. They had another date with Detroit and Atlanta, as you said, yeah. and then Baltimore, who's, you know, not a, this isn't your, you know, 
Your uncle's oh, Baltimore, Baltimore is a good club. Uh, good young team playing team. ball. Um, uh, today in the show, I haven't, uh, it's so, it's interesting. Young man from Bismarck, North Dakota. And if you've ever been to the Carl Gard gymnasium and Dick Carl Gard and just a legendary name and, and his son, Joe, uh, Joe, for those of you who don't know, Joe went off to Stanford, got a, a million degrees, bright young man in the last decade has been the athletic director at Rice University and you know, on Rice. And, and so from an AD standpoint, and now just, uh, Joe stepped down from that role this past week, and he's become the uh, the first uh, GSV Summit CEO, and, and what he's getting into is uh, man alive. It's it's quite the combination of uh, of uh, uh, advancement and digital and technology. But Joe, uh, to highlight him a little bit, uh, we're going to have Joe join us today, and uh, there's a lot of different things there from athletic direction to the to where conferences going that are joining each other to the sports side maybe of things to his life and. I forgot about it. Joe went to Stanford, and years ago, Chris Atterbury and I were chatting, and, and, and Chris referenced that, oh, yeah, my best friend Joe, he's from Bismarck. I'm like, Carl Gard? Yeah, boom. So there's like one of these ties of going in. So uh, North Dakota boy, he was a 40 under 40 lists and things like that, a good young line. Uh, so Joe will join us coming up next half hour and talk about uh, talk about that. This day, 1939, Lou Gehrig quit baseball due to an illness, and then we all realized what that became. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was on this day in history. And then my other question for you guys today, I don't know if you caught this article because about hot baseball teams. Well, the Cincinnati Reds, if you haven't noticed, are, uh, you know, may, they're maybe not the big red machine right now, but boy, are they winning baseball games. And they are, this is a, what we're calling a rebuilding year. They were for the Reds. It's kind of one of those things where you didn't expect. They lost a hundred games last season, Derek and Brad, 100 games. Not expected to contend during the rebuild of 2023. Well, they have won five straight, eight of their last ten. They've improved to 34 and 35. So a couple of the players uh, started uh, spitting out uh, a kind of a brand for this year's team. And you know what they said? We're going to call ourselves America's team. So the Reds are using the term America's no. team, right? So my question no. is, if they aren't, who is? In baseball? Yeah, in baseball. If they aren't, who is? And you can make a case. You know, the woe is America. You can go. I've thought about this. Is it the A's, the underdog, that they're picked on, and now they're going to rise from the ashes, and or are they just, have we written that off? Are the Reds truly in 100 losses last year, and now they've uh, they've said, uh, you know. What about the Tampa Bay Rays? Uh, who is America's team? In baseball, if you had to put that moniker, Ted Turner tried to moniker it for the Braves back in the eighties. Yes, he did, and reached every household. And I'll guarantee you, that was part of it too, right? Right, it was that, and 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 Shawshank was probably playing on that too before it was even a movie back then, you know. So anyway, that's uh, a designated hitter, Jonathan India, uh, said after a seven-four win against the Royals Wednesday night. Uh, completing a three-game series sweep, Luke Miley was saying it all at first, and we came up today and said, hey, you know what? We're America's team. Let's run with that. We play the game the right way. So there it is. So uh, America's team. Honestly, if you use the equivalent of what we, you know, Tech Schramm labeled his team as way back when, I would say it's the Yankees, only because – it's polarizing, and there's Yankee fans probably in every state of in the union compared to. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys just like the Cowboys. The Cowboys tab themselves that they were to your point. They were loved and hated. Yeah, there was no really. And I think the Yan- 
there's three teams I think of, and part of it's because the one team has moved so much, but I think there's a few teams where the last name is much bigger than the first name. I think the Yankees, Cowboys, and Raiders kind of fill that, even though the Raiders haven't been this, but just because of the team. And I, I don't know if there's many others like that. Maybe the Steelers? Because America's of their success. To a lesser extent, yeah. yeah. But if it's America's team, truly America's team, you'd have to be proud of that team. They would have to have earned and, and fought and rolled up their sleeves. That's the kind of, to me, I don't know what you guys connotate the worthiness of America's team. Well, and I, I would say this. Appealing to many, I mean, yeah. And, and I, I, this is going to be blasphemy and maybe shocking coming from my voice, but I think there was a time there in the 90s up until lately where I think Green Bay could f- fall in that uh, category. Smaller market. It's, you know, public own kind of, you uh, know, and. Uh, you know, a market the size of Fargo, literally, right. and just kind of that blue-collar feel outside football. I think a lot of people gravitate to that, and, they, you know, they have fans in all 50 states, too. Just throwing that out there. Because of what they represent in the history, too, as much as anything, as gross as that may be Could to my— Cubs or even, like, the St. Louis Cubs Cardinals? 100%. Oh, yep. that's a great yep. call. Maybe the Cardinals are just maybe just so much to the Midwest, but, I mean, there's a lot of— tradition when it comes to that well, i think for people our age you hit the nail on the head brag the cubs for many different reasons right mm-hmm. if you're a cable tv kid from yeah. the 80s it's it's synonymous with growing up and ferris bueller's day off and the whole thing right i mean they're the, the reds are running with this this is their thing you know the, this is their thing we feel it quote we're america's team it's a good feeling you know it's great we should india he should be since he's the captain he should be captain america i mean they're they're just running with that moniker just, you know, I, I, so I read that and I thought, first of all, it's it's odd to uh, in baseball to even throw that out. You know, it's, it's, you just don't hear that regarding baseball. Uh, we've had it in football. I don't know. I don't know in all the sports. Could you even put that moniker on a baseball team? And you're right. The Cubs might be. They were the lovable losers. They were cursed. You know, they, yeah. they, they rose up, they won, they, they're well-received by by many. Harry Carey became like this, the figurehead uh, in the booth, certainly in the seventh inning, rolling that mic high, and then he's putting the, you could, I think I'm with you, Brad, That that's not a bad call. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Reds? Yeah, I just, I 2023 Reds? I can't name four players right. on the team. So that's a, <laughs> I think if you, well, they've got a lot of good young talent. Uh, right. That texter says Dela Cruz, and uh, you're yeah. going to have, uh, well, Spencer Steer, who came over from the Twins, he's kind of more of a, kind of use him as a utility uh, guy, but. Uh, I mean, I get, they yeah. hunter losses, and then and they're back near 500, and they're they, playing good ball. I get it. I mean, they, they I Joey, understand. They got, they got Joey Votto back, back and he had a big night the first day he returned. I, I get it. Derek, I just I don't I don't know if I'm ready to jump into the. Yeah, I think we're a little bit early on the uh, results of this. Would, one. would the Twins have been America's team in in like '87? Well, I think for a lot of people they were caught up with right? that. They were not as well liked as the Braves in '91. I know most of the country was pulling for the Braves, Braves at right. that time before we got sick sick of the Braves in the '90s. But yeah, I mean you were full fledged. You were Braves were in every household. The yeah. Braves the, people were doing the tomahawk chop all the time. Right. They were doing the Saturday Night Live set. To remember that because we were like 
hey, come on. But, you know, everyone but maybe was jumping 80, on that bandwagon. Maybe those 87 twins could have could have called them that. You know, yeah. there are movies made about. <laughs> the Reds do play at a great American ballpark. Well, there's uh, the other. Great the American. caller that says that, it's basically it's an insurance company. Right. But, uh, it, but it's it based in Cincinnati. Goes fits into the moniker they have self-given themselves. And yep. by the way, is that, that's the only way you can become America's hey, thing. That could be marketing tool. Right I mean, there. people, you have to almost put that on yourself. It almost seems kind of arrogant to do that, but you almost have to put that moniker yeah. on yourself. It's true. Oh, vandalized. So that's it. Uh, the other uh, thing today. So that that's the question. <laughs> we got. Are the Lakers America's? Well, it, can you put it on an NBA team? I mean, I almost think it's them over the longevity. The Celtics, Lakers, or Celtics? Yeah, those two. But so I don't know. So. Um, Denver certainly became a little more lovable this past season, but I don't think they're in the no. they're in the they're in the area of America's team in the NBA. Yeah, maybe that should have been our question today in NHL, NBA, MLB, yeah. and NFL. If you had to put a moniker on America's team, you know, with, and define it however you want to define it. Who are those teams? Um, 35270. Shohei Otani, uh, Harry Manishan, is that how you pronounce that? Manishan, the general manager of the Angels, uh, said yesterday that the club does not intend to trade Shohei Otani before the trade deadline because of where they are in the standings. This was a conversation. I know I was where you and Corey Provisbred had this conversation on one of our, our Friday chats, and it was intriguing because if the Angels were in a, if they weren't in a position to make any kind of run, and you're about to see Otani go into free agency, of course, what do you do? If you're going to lose that value, you better try to get something for it then while you still have right. contractual ownership of that athlete. So then, then it was kind of, okay, do you trade it? If if he does, you know, stay and he becomes open market, the price is just going to be absolutely crazy. So the GM uh, came out and says they don't have the intention on trading <laughs> Shohei Otani. That said, what are the numbers? His value as a pitcher, his value as a two-way player. <laughs> is it true that John Bonas said in the PowerShip Morning Show that he wouldn't be a fit with the Twins? That he, he didn't really, I mean, that... He must have. I, I would I, hope I, not. I mean, oh, man, he's a lot. fit for any team. <laughs> any team. That's uh, I mean, with all due respect. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I might have to text John. I said, you didn't really say that because someone mentioned on Common Man yesterday about it. We already have a, what is it, the uh, PST tournament? The yeah, so, preposterous uh, preposterous tournament tournament. For, for next year already. So. Yeah, if, if that was indeed said in sincerity. Yeah. That's a t- that's a tough justification. <laughs> no. I'm like, no, that's all right. We don't. Uh, oh, we don't I, need Babe Ruth. No. Um, a GM of the Angels says, I think anybody who's watched this player and looked where we're at in the standings. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, we like him. We hope he's here for a long. We like him. <laughs> that's an understatement. Like yeah, I like him too. Yeah, um, we like him. We hope he's here a long time. Pretty self-explanatory where we're at. Angels are going to have to, uh, you know, make that fairly attractive. And I imagine, you know. Did you like him like Dudley more like Bull Derrick? That's right. what we want to know. I mean, just... <laughs> right. And Shohei, where he's <laughs> playing out there in, in Anaheim and his location, his popular. I, I would imagine that he and his, his representatives are fine with probably staying there. But it's not, you know, it's going to cost. It's going to cost a lot to keep him there. And if since they're not in the mood to uh, to trade, even if they did trade it, how many suitors are there going to be really 
with Otani. I mean, that, that list well, is short. You're because, gonna, I mean, if you're the Angels, you're going to take the biggest haul in the history. I mean, yeah. There's just no – I mean, you're going to get every prospect you can. You might as well trade them the St. Paul Saints if you're – right. I mean, right, I mean <laughs> right. what else are you going to do? It all – but that brings up a great point. If you had a Shohei Otani, it's heading into a free agency, and it's it's trade deadline time – and you start, do you maybe dangle that? Do you maybe let that go out just to see? I, well, I'd be taking phone calls for sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, he would, he would demand, I mean, you could, you, could, you could put together a team, but then it's your superstar. So what do you tell your fan, fan break? How much of your fan base? Well, yeah, I mean, you're playing over 500 ball in a division. You can still catch the, uh, the Rangers, yeah. right? I mean, I don't think they're head and shoulders of everyone. I just think you're still worried about the defending champs, you know, sitting where you're right next to them right now in the standing. So I, I think that you got to play it out. Yeah. Uh, so there are uh, a little, little bit of the topics on that. So twins fall yesterday, the, the Red Hawks won last night. And if anybody certainly wants to Google the longest put out by numbers, and if you can even find that information, is there one greater than there has to be? I bet it's probably a ridiculous number. We need some baseball. You know, if I put a ball in play, you could probably do nine eight seven six five four if you wanted. By the time I got the first base, <laughs> <laughs> there's no zero, so there won't do, be a Tommy two tone. The horn, there's not a Tommy two tone put out. <laughs> <laughs> there's no zero in the game. You can do an eight six seven five three, but then you'd run into problems with the O, and then go back to to nine. Uh, we'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back to the other side. Joe Cargard joining us next half hour. I'm excited to to hear from Joe and his new venture, uh, a local. Uh, uh, product that really has done well uh, in the in the sports world and more. It's a Wednesday edition. Jack Michael Show, Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson on 740 The Fan. Rolling through a peak of the week Wednesday edition. Red Hawks and Gary Southshore tonight. Military appreciation night last night. I absolutely love those nights as we all, I think, do the um, uh, it, it, it forty one hundred plus on hand last night. Camouflage uniforms, new cadets being sworn in. Had a uh, if not a Blackhawk helicopter. You had one of those, you know, the hop, uh, the the copter come over the field. You have all the flags from the POWs to the you know all of that line from end line. You know, first to third uh, 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 service members singing the anthem and just belting that out from yeah. the. I mean, it was. I had uh, you know Warren Papke, who's a Korean vet. Uh, Abby Miller, one of our coworkers, her grandfather joined me in the booth last night, 93 years old. I couldn't it honestly look at him. He doesn't look a day over 50, for goodness sakes. And he just, it was a brilliant last night. Last night, we had, and also one of the uh, young girls that threw out the first pitch, uh, they had to, her father to the wife and the children are on the field. Father with a video message on the board, you know, tears wiping because, you know, dad's away, you're serving our country. Right. She, I mean, it was all of that last night at Newman Outdoor Field, and there's just something about those games that are just absolutely, you know, I list, I love it. It's it's patriotic, and uh, yeah, yeah. Warren talking to him, you know, think about that. I mean, my goodness, he you know, 51, he heads to Fort Riley, Kansas for uh, basic training. He gets uh, moved into Big Delta, Alaska, which is by Fairbanks, serving in like the Fifth Infantry there, and then the USL. <laughs> what was great is so I had a 93 year old Korean vet and Warren Papke on, and. Uh, and you know how the USO they they bring us uh, you know actresses you know they, or Bob Hope or you know 
Marilyn Monroe, you know, they'd go visit the troops, you know, a little pick-me-up and, 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 and get a little. So Anne Blythe, uh, who's an Academy Award-winning actress, um, visited Alaska, and, and Warren kind of had to drive her around. How many times, Derek, do they have, like, stars, in a, and we usher them around town? And oh, all yeah. That. So Anne Blythe, and I was showing, uh, showing Warren yeah. Anne Blythe, and I went, I knowing I had him on, I said, "Take here's Anne Blythe. She's 94, still living. And it, but this is a young photo, and he went, hmm, yes, it is. <laughs> it like, took, look, it took Warren, like, right 70 years back, went back yeah. to that time. So that was the scene last night at Newman Outdoor Field and Cancer Awareness Night uh, tonight. So there's a lot of good reasons to get out to the ballpark. But my point in baseball, and Derek and I were just chatting about this during the break, that, uh, and we've talked enough about the pitch clock and the pace of game. And it stinks when your team's not winning. So whether it's a three-hour game or an hour 50, if your game's your team's not winning, you're, you're turned off. But I've noticed this, that the 230, 239, which seems to be 240, about the average, at least for AA games that I've done, now, the last time it was 304, felt like it was eight hours sometimes. <laughs> now the three-hour game, that's what it's done, the, and it's palpable. The three-hour game was the four-hour game? The three-hour game now <laughs> feels like a four-hour game, yeah. and it's amazing how little, just a tweak and a pitch clock and a thing has now made your mind feel like a three-hour game is longer. I'm trying to think. Now, I was at the game, Twins game, on Sunday, and I have to look. Cause I think we were about 245, 250. Now, we did have a delay when Michael A. Taylor got hit, uh-huh. got hit in the back of the head, so that was a few minutes. And I think it was about... Four o'clock when we were two forty eight, two forty eight, two forty eight. So it was right around four when the game was over. Yeah, it is. Uh, so I, don't I can know. live with that. Yeah, I mean, Derek, you asked, you know, what the what what's the feel? What do we, you know, where are we with it? And I, you know, I think we're navigating through it. I'm I, to me, I'm starting to, I'm trying to get the, um, you know, the umpires have different signals now that that it's like this on a pitcher, that on a hitter. So you're trying to navigate to see if it's the hitter that wasn't ready or the pitcher that the clock ran out. Right. It's a, just another thing you have to pay attention to. No, it's – well, then there's talk about – you know, they're talking seriously, I think, with some of these key situations where almost like the Kirilov situation we had, they're getting nervous about having a game in the postseason being decided by this. If you, and so they're talking about maybe making the clock longer in the postseason. I heard Latroy Hawkins talk about this yesterday and Dan Barrero, just the fact that, you know – he thinks they should extend and not eliminate in the postseason. Do we? I don't think we want four-hour postseason games yeah. again. Or are these guys now on an internal clock where we don't have to worry about as much in the postseason? Right, like like it's part of their DNA right. now of being a ball player. I, I caught. I don't know if it was bumper to bumper the other day, or if it was the Power Trip Morning Show, or somewhere in between, um, talking about how we start with the Scotia on the runner at second. Now this is, seems to be the accepted. Way of, of 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 extra innings. You start with a runner at second, and someone was like, "I'm not a fan of it." Well, how would you change it? I don't know. It's probably the best thing we got. I and then I thought, "This remember softball mm-hmm. on tournaments?" Uh, and and Shannon McQuaid and I will join us Friday. The McQuaids this weekend. Remember in softball to to kind of move turns around. You started with like a two ball one strike count. Yes. Oh, yes. Remember that? Yes. And I so when I heard that the other day, I went, "How would you change it if if you had to do it?" Instead of starting with a man on second, would you start? You know, would what other ways would you do it? I would play normal rules till I would go through the tenth, maybe the eleventh, and maybe we, let's say you get to the twelfth inning, then you put the runner. That's outside. always been my idea. They, they, they let them play two innings of regular base, and when we get to that twelfth, then let's start doing the ghost runner. That's that's we, always um, uh, in the regular and, season. And two because why? 
just because you're still sitting in, you know, you're not extending your bullpen too much at that point. But once you get into that, now you get into another. Because we always think of baseball in increments. Third stanza, right. you know, when mm-hmm. you're making it into a, instead of, you know, I just think that's another thing. I could, so I could, six I, outs. I could maybe live with one inning, you know, if we go right. play the 10th as is, and then maybe once you get to the 11th. It'd be better than what it is now, where it just starts in the tenth. I, it's it's it, it, it does seem it's a little icky to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it does seem a little. Seems like you're changing the rules all of like a sudden. Trying like to, midstream, trying to rush. right? <laughs> you know, like like we're not letting the baby go full term. Let's just get that. Thing. Let's go. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right, right. It's a premature birth. <laughs> right, yes, it's that's a, a very good odd, odd analogy, but it fits. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think the full term is. 11 or 12 innings that Brad said, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Like get, to the 12th, get to the 12th, it's like C-section. Yeah, yeah, right. like sponsored, we're going to induce the baby now. This yeah. show sponsored by the birthing unit over at... Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but we always think of... Great baseball. analogy. <laughs> <laughs> well, having, having, having my child was born by C-section. Yeah, right. Well, there you understand. we got to get heart, that yes. out. we got to get this over with and start living. You know, let's right, go. Right. Uh, baseball, we think of increments in three innings. Always, you know, like the first three takes an hour, second mm-hmm. three, and that's how we got to our three-hour... Games, but to your point about pitching and arms, if you if you went after three and then started implementing yeah. these, that might be a little too too long. But so I like your two. Uh, you wouldn't start with first and second, and one out with a two one count and a better. I mean, what's the what's the ultimate the other oh. side of that? Let's go first and second. You know, it's, yeah, no, you're getting too many guys involved. But I, I you know, but that that I was hearing that and going, what's the alternative? What's the better way to do it? I think you guys. Have That's always it. been my idea. I think you've just... nailed it. Let them play a couple innings normal, and then we'll go to the twelfth and start playing a little bit of uh, yeah goofiness. <laughs> I mean, it's immediate strategy, and then depending, I'll tell you another thing: depending on who made that last out uh, and their ability to have speed right. and run and whatever, everything is affected. It's affected immediately. Well, let me put it to this way. This is the analogy we use because if they followed the hockey way of doing it, right, where they go of what three on three, and then say, but they're playing normal hockey for mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah. let's say the equivalent of two innings, and then they do the shootout. So to me, the starting the runner at second is the shootout, and baseball starts it right in the tenth inning. Does that make any right, sense? Right, yeah, right. Like they started right now. Right. Yep. So that, they start the baseball starts their shootout. Yeah. Bingo. You know, right out of the game. Or maybe is what in the you're saying, tenth yeah. inning they start you know, starting a guy on first at least. <laughs> you know, but just I, I don't starting not, a scoring position. That just is a what lot. What if you had nobody on and you every guy at the plate started with a two-one count? So mm. you're reducing the pitches having to be thrown. You know, you're certainly doing yeah, that. I don't know. Well, all right, we'll throw it out. Yeah, I think we're going to real extremes. <laughs> that would maybe I've played too much video games yeah. over the years. Yeah, I don't think like you you brought up the idea of first and second to one out. I don't think you should start the inning with. Already an out in hand. Yeah. Now you're really given. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. Now I think we're. Now I think the, the integrity of the game is uh, being questioned. Yes. <laughs> it is a Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow we have Twins baseball here. That's right. And the Red Hawks are going to zip over to 1019 Jack FM. Tomorrow is also our 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 company for. Pff, decades have put on a picnic. Yes. And feed the multitudes, and you know having. Since '92, yes. it's it's I call it the burnt hair party because you got grills going and you got and Derek yeah. knows all about this. You've been a griller, mm-hmm. Brad. What are you? Are you grilling I am tomorrow? Grilling you... tomorrow for a couple of hours, I guess. Thousands my... of people. Um, Saturday as well. Uh, we'll have the Shrine Football Games on 104.7 uh, KFGO FM. Uh, we'll have the 11 man game at four, and then take a little bit of a break. Nine man game will be at seven. I know. Hopefully the weather agrees. I know there's some. 
possibility of some thunderstorms, hopefully. On, or, well, hopefully not on, yeah, uh, hopefully on Saturday. Not. So. Yeah. Um, well, good. That's uh, that's that. And, and uh, as we said, uh, and, and then tomorrow night, if you want to uh, tune into our sister station, 790 KFGO, we do this uh, once a summer. May, a couple times we get a chance. But we do a thing we call Little League Night in America. Oh, nice. Going out to broadcast that tomorrow. At uh, 530, we'll probably hit there about 520-ish, 525 with the pregame show. So we've got a Red Hawks game on 1019 Jack FM. And then later on, after after you get a little Little League Night in America coming up tomorrow night, which oh, cool. is kind of taken off till 7 o'clock or so, we'll be on the air. So it's a lot of a lot of good stuff there, guys. Uh, Joe Carlgard, boy, I tell you what, what a, what a career he has uh, put together. Uh, Bismarck native, uh, former AD, stepped down after a decade at Rice. Uh, and that that school certainly joining in and when we talk about building a you know conference and and being viable and now uh, taking over a CEO job and I thought boy I, I, we got to get Joe on and talk about his last decade plus and and uh, it's a North Dakota and it's done really well so we'll talk with Joe coming up next it is a Wednesday edition seven forty the fan. What a treat to be able to talk to our next guest on the Jack Michael Show today in the uh, fifth largest daytime signal in the country, 740 The Fan, uh, 740TheFan.com. And i known Joe for uh, for a long time, or know of Joe, and then I, I mentioned a story earlier. I said, you know, in my travels with our, our Rat Pack at Column Pro Baseball Games, Chris Atterbury, dear friend and colleague over the years, and remember Chris, years ago, we were chatting about, oh, I know someone from North Dakota, and I met Bob, and my good friend Joe Carl, I went, Joe Carlgaard? Of course I know Joe, and then that stemmed on <laughs> Another topic of conversation, and then I I saw this week where Joe, who is uh, for a decade athletic director at Rice University, is uh, stepping away from that uh, role and uh, and jumping into a, a new exciting role that that he can explain uh, to you as well. But it's always good to, to highlight uh, some folks from the backyard that have really gone on and been movers and shakers. And Joe joins us today on the Jack Michael Show. Hi, Joe. How you doing today, bud? I'm doing well, Jack. How are you? It's really good uh, to hear your voice. And I told a story when I had a six years, I moved back to Bismarck there, and I'd go to my uh, church service at Trinity Lutheran Church in Bismarck. <laughs> There's a man named uh, the Carl Guards that would always sit and we'd sit right behind the Carl Guards in church, and then Pops would uh, he would give a dollar or two to my twins to put in the offering plate. I said that's every, I remember that so well. So uh, so do the girls. So it's outstanding. Well, congratulations on on your new venture. And Joe, you can explain that coming up a little bit. But getting us up to speed, uh, you know, from from uh, departure of the state of North Dakota uh, to what you were able to accomplish at Stanford, and then eventually leading to the athletic director at, at Rice. And I realized, Joe, I just condensed your life in like twenty years right there. But uh, get us up to speed, Joe, and let let the folks know the the career that how it's gone. Yeah, so you know, I I, I grew up in Bismarck. I mean, you mentioned Trinity Lutheran. Mm-hmm. Um, I had three brothers and sisters. Uh, my parents, uh, we were all confirmed at Trinity Lutheran. We all went to Bismarck High School. So, you know, North Dakota runs uh, deep in my veins. Of course, my dad was a longtime public school athletics director in uh, in Bismarck. Right. And, you know, and my idol growing up. And, and so uh, I went to college uh, at Stanford and was a student athlete there. And, um, you know, came back and worked in, in media for Meyer Television for a little while in Bismarck, but then, you know, got the got the bug to get back into athletics at the collegiate level. And I coached track for a while, went to graduate school at the University of uh, Minnesota. And uh, and then I got a, a, a 
break as a Division Three athletics director at Oberlin College in Northeast Ohio, and um, did that for six years. Went back out to Stanford and raised money for the athletic department for three years before coming to Rice in 2013. So, just wrapping up my tenth year here uh, in Houston, and it's been uh, it's been an amazing. 25-plus years in college athletics. It really has been an impressive run, and, and from an athletic director's standpoint, uh, let's just take Rice, for instance. Uh, when you when you took over and, and, and the title given to you, and that's the job, uh, what were the challenges, uh, Joe, what needed to be done, at least through your vision? Uh, where did you want to see Rice be? And, and here we are 10 years later. What were some of the thoughts rolling through your mind? Well, you know, in, in, in FBS, um, and I guess this has trickled down to the championship um, subdivision as well, you know, conference realignment's been ubiquitous in college athletics for the last 20 years or so. And, and Rice had spent the first 85 years of its athletics history in the Southwest Conference. And, you know, that was a really big deal, um, competing alongside Texas and Texas A&M and Arkansas, Baylor, TCU, et cetera. Uh, and then the Southwest Conference broke up uh, in the mid-90s. It actually started with Arkansas leaving for the SEC in 1990, and and the Southwest Conference broke up. Uh, four of those schools left to join the remaining school, eight schools in the Big 8 to form the Big 12, and the rest of the schools in the Southwest Conference have kind of been wandering around for the last you know 25 years or so. And um, and so that was a big deal for me when I got here is we, we'd just been left out of the last round of conference realignment. We were stuck in a conference where there, we didn't really have any, um, any partners that were recognizable to our fan base. So I, I've been working, um, building relationships, trying to find the entry point for us to move into a new league. And, and we finally accomplished that in the fall of 2021. Uh, with an invitation to the American Athletic Conference, which will join here in about ten days. How about that? Um, and yeah. yeah, that realigns us with with um, with Tulane and Tulsa mm-hmm. and SMU. We get to play Navy and football, so there's a lot to love about that. And and you know, as I reflect back on the last ten years, that's the thing I'm most proud of. I think that would be a challenging job for a number of reasons. One, you have another major university in Houston right there. You have all the pro sports franchises um you kind of have to you have to market kind of and i was thinking like even big 10 schools like northwestern and minnesota have to deal with the same issue you just kind of have to find your find your niche and uh, and market it accordingly right yeah that's right i mean we're the second or third smallest school in fbs i think tulsa's smaller and and we kind of go toe-to-toe with wake for the you know the second smallest um school in, in terms of undergraduate enrollment and so, you know, when you're a small school, when you're a selective private school, when you're in a major media market and there's a lot of competition, it creates all kinds of challenges. Um, that being said, you know, we, we have a number of advantages to um, our brand, particularly in the South and in the state of Texas is pretty strong, um, you know, but we're also uh, able to, to reach into other corners of the United States. And, you know, a couple of years ago, we grabbed a young man by the name of Antonio Montero, who was a you know, uh, all-state football player from Minnesota, played at Eden Prairie, started four years at linebacker for us. So we're able to go do things like that, and, and that's because of who we are. And and so while it's challenging, we certainly have some advantages that we bring to the table too. Joe Cargar joining us today on the show, 740 The Fan. In a minute, we'll go to uh, where, where Joe is uh, is heading into to next. And to Brad's point there, uh, Joe, because it did, there is a fit. You know, in college athletics now, Joe, it's not only a fit from an individual student athlete's 
standpoint now with the ability to to use your name, image, and likeness and everything that goes along those lines, Joe, from recruiting standpoints, it's like, I hate to use the word leverage, but right now the student athlete probably has a lot of universities a little more leverage on that. It's not the fit from an individual standpoint, but as you said, uh, the fit from an institution standpoint and uh, the fit from a conference standpoint right now, Joe. And, you know, and obviously you're talking to, from a football standpoint, North Dakota State's the University of North Dakota that play in the FCS. NDSU has had such big success. Now, of course, that chatter from fan base is always like, well, we need to go to the FBS. Really? Well, then where do we go? So it's always this, there's always this, uh, perpetuating conversation about fits, it seems like, Joe, from an individual to a team to an entire conference. Yeah, and you know, the fits used to be organized along uh, institutional mission and geography. Right. Um, you know, you think about the old North Central Conference, the schools are very similar. There's a nice geographic fit there. You know, that's what I grew up with, uh, watching North Central Conference football. In fact, you know, many were a, a Saturday morning where my dad would, would load up the van with a couple of his friends and I'd be in tow and we, <laughs> you know, we'd make the 200 mile journey to Dakota field, to watch the bison play. And, right. um, you know, and I, I love that, but that's, you know, that's gone away. And now the fits are, um, there aren't really such things as geographic fits. You've got, um, you know, the revenue that's associated with college athletics is really the determining factor. And that's how institutions are aligned. Um, and that's, you know, it, it, I think it breaks some of the rivalries. It's, um, you know, it makes it difficult as a fan to follow, you know, from an individual standpoint, I've always believed at a place like rice, we're selling a total package and you've got schools that are, you know, everybody's got something different to, that works to their advantage. I mean, you know, in, in Fargo and Grand Forks, you have these unbelievable college towns with great fan bases and people that really care about the schools. Um, and, and they make that work for them. You know, at, at Rice, we've got to put together a great degree with a, you know, vibrant city, a pretty good tradition, um, a great network. Yeah. And then the NIL stuff, uh, Alston Awards, all of those things. And if we can put together a great package along with facilities and, and what have you, then we feel like we can be attractive for the right kids. And you don't want student athletes to come to your school who don't want to be there. You know, you don't want to sell somebody on on something that's not true. So we try to be really forthright and, and honest about who we are, what we offer, and what the challenges are here, too. And we feel like we get the right student-athletes to choose us as much as we're choosing them. Without question. Uh, really well put, uh, Joe. Yeah, years ago, if someone had sat down with you and said, look, we're going to have Pac-12 teams now playing in the Big Ten and, and all that, you know, that's that's insane. That's that's not that doesn't sound well. Here we are, uh, Joe. Before we let you go, and and again, I wish we had more time to chat. And I thank you on short notice for joining us. But talk about the new venture. Obviously, you were sought after uh, for this spot, and and apparently it, it looked like something that was also going to be a nice, uh, healthy challenge for you to create. But talk about your new venture, Joe, as the CEO. Yeah, so um, there's a, a venture fund called Global Silicon Valley, and they invest in the educational technology space. So, you know, it's everything from from K to 12, all the way through up uh, up through um, uh, retirees. So think about you know uh, MasterClass or Coursera, or Duolingo, some of these you know great startups that are in the space. And what they've done to help promote those startups and help them grow is they've set up this wonderful conference called the ASU GSV Summit. It convenes superintendents and college and university presidents and workforce development people people with investors and founders 
and they want to grow that business, but they also want to scale it to different continents. And they're looking for somebody who has experience selling tickets, sponsorships, um, running events, overseeing marketing, communications. And it just so happens that an athletics director does all of those things. So it's exciting for me. It'll help me use my brain in a different way. It's you know, it's flexible in the, the sense that we can, you know, we can stay in Houston or we can move throughout the country because our staff is kind of located all over the U.S. And, and that'll be good. And, and I'm excited about uh, about a new venture for the Carlgard family. Will you and the family, uh, you'll still reside in Houston, I'm assuming, Joe? Well, for the time being, that's where we're going to be. But, um, you know, most of my family now is relocated to the Twin Cities. Okay. I've got a sister there. My mom's there. Um, my, uh, my in-laws aren't too far away. And so, um, if we do move, it's, it's likely to be back up to your neck of the woods. Yeah. Mom's a saint too. This, uh, it's a, it's such a great family. I know a lot of folks, we reach Bismarck pretty heavy, so I'm sure there's a lot of folks in Bismarck Mandan that, uh, that are excited to hear your voice. Uh, we'll finish on this. Can, can are there any commonalities between Palo Alto, Bismarck, North Dakota, uh, Houston? I mean, is there a big boy? In Stanford, is there? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have. I, I got to tell you a quick story. Okay. Uh, my, my, so we've my in-laws have a, a place on Pelican Lake uh, near DL. Okay, we were there a couple years ago, and and we had made plans to go from there to fly to Hawaii for a vacation, and and our flight out of Fargo got canceled. And so we had to drive to Bismarck, fly Bismarck to Denver, Denver to Hawaii. Sure. And I made sure to hit Big Boy when we went to Bismarck because there is nothing There's, like it here in Houston. I mean, you could have your in and outs in California. You could have your Whataburgers in Texas. But, Brad, you were just at a Big Boy I, uh, a couple well, weeks ago. Over, yeah, Bismarck? Joe, when I was over the state track meet, I made a point Friday <laughs> oh, night. Oh, I'm to, jealous. Uh, yeah, I, right? You just think, just think of the Big Boy and the state track meet, that's Bismarck. That's a portion of Bismarck I mean, <laughs> that you just can't take away from anybody. Carl Gardner. Gymnasium, oh. the big boy, and yep. the state train. Yeah, that's those yep. three things. Outstanding. Uh, Joe, uh, hopefully we can have a chance to stay in touch, and we'll continue to, to, to follow what uh, what moves you make here and, uh, and inroads you make. But, hey, thanks a lot, Joe, on short notice, and congratulations. And Rice, I'm sure, is going to be in fantastic hands. But thanks for joining us today, my friend. Appreciate it, and appreciate your guys' good work, too. Thank you. Joe Carlgaard uh, right there, truly just one of, the, one of the greats. And you can hear in his voice, Brad, and well-accomplished sought after um and a guy you know we talk often on the show we try to highlight those in our backyard mm-hmm. and then joe as well and what the call guards have done for athletics and sure in in that area too yeah i mean i just think of that too um you know I, that was just the question that i just thought of it that you know that's it's a school it's in a metro market and i think people you can say that it probably has a reputation especially down in texas but um you know not without its challenges Boy. to try and uh, try and keep that uh, keep that viable. And, and when you look at Rice Owls, it, it, it was a great question on your point because there is there's a lot of you're trying. Joe talked about you got to find your niche, and we have a right. lot to offer. You know, they got a forty seven thousand seat stadium. Yep. You know, you know field turf. You know, it's you know an FBS the American you know, and American Athletic. Conference. And let's let's compare that to what you know what they have in North Fargo. They've have they've got the facilities. They've got the they've got the practice facility now that yeah. is. They're putting the finishing touches on. They have the facilities. The thing that's just hurting them is geography. They just need to find that yeah, spot, yeah. or they need somebody willing maybe to take, I don't say take a chance on it, but they probably do have to take a chance but on right. it. But we, we just spent a few minutes on the term fits, you know, mm-hmm. and then that's where we are in, 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 uh, in collegiate athletics and not just fit for a year i mean we're talking about a fit for a you gotta be looking for five ten years right, down the line something right. that, that kind of uh, ground so 
Uh, Joe's a great guy to talk about that uh, with Rice, and uh, they're in Houston, Texas. So I'm excited about his uh, his next venture. <laughs> it always comes back to the big boy, doesn't it, Brad? Talk about Bismarck and just always. <laughs> can we build them? We just get a fly-in style burger or, or something? something? Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, so good stuff today on the on the show. I'm glad Joe had a chance to to join us today. Tomorrow, uh, uh, Twins baseball. Uh, that'll be game four of the series with Boston. I don't know if the Twins will be down three games in the line of that series or have lost or win tonight and, and go for a, a series split before they hit the road. Wouldn't that be nice? But we'll see what Sonny Gray can do tonight for the uh, the Minnesota Twins. The Red Hawks try to make it two in a row at home at Newman Outdoor Field tonight. First pitch at 7.02, pregame at 6.40. And then tomorrow, the uh, the Red Hawks going to 101.9 Jack FM on the radio side. That is a 12.10 pregame with a 12.30 First pitch, it's a business person special, and then back over the weekend here on The Fan as they welcome in Sioux City. So I encourage you to get out there because the Red Hawks are here for five more days, and then they're gone for six straight days in Cleburne, Texas. That long, speaking of Texas, that long Texas road trip. So I'll send you a picture of a Whataburger, Brad. If, if, unless, and if you promise to send a picture of the big boy, then uh, if okay. you go to Bismarck. Uh, <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to get out there again, but uh, yeah, when I do, I will. Common Man is coming up around the corner. The uh, picnic uh, tomorrow, we're located at 1020 South 25th Street in Fargo. We'll feed you. Good burgers, a lot of great sponsors involved in that. So swing on by and, and get your sandwich, your burger, and then and, and boom, you'll be on your, on your way. So that'll be fun. And then Little League Night in America coming up tomorrow will be in South Fargo at around 5.30. You won't miss that one because you'll see Joel Heitkamp's big recreational vehicle park right there by the field. And we'll be broadcasting. So it's a busy time. Hopefully the weather cooperates with, with all of that. Common Man is coming up next, uh, and then we'll be back with you coming up on Friday on the Jack Michael Show at 12 noon. That'll do it today. Common Man next right here on 740 The Fans.